You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Pride to Detroit POD cast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky, and it's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. Righteous Felon Jerky and Meat Sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park, and each two-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions and the POD cast, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced, all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. For our listeners, we have a special offer for you. Until the start of the NFL season, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com. The season is upon us. There are no turtles. There are no autumn winds. Nothing. There is only the roar of the lions. There is only the growl of thunder. There's only a lion season upon you. Full of so much hope and promise and wonder and hype and Kool-Aid and alcohol within that Kool-Aid, and alcohol within that alcohol, and maybe other substances. You alter your brain to fight on the field of battle like a berserker of old. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. The offseason ends tonight. Tonight! Because the Lions play on Thursday. And you know what, Clarence? I never miss a game. I never miss a game. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. And now the usual intro begins because I cannot change my stripes. Pride to Detroit.com, Pride to Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. You know where to find us live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit right now. Right now. As we get you ready for Lions Chiefs to open the season and open the NFL season. The Lions have a marquee game to start the year, and we're going to tell you all about it and so much more as we get embarked on this season. Enough talking. I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host on Twitter, X, threads, at Chris Perfett. Find me there. Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, producer of Pride of Detroit. That is the official label, but uh, he's always just, he's the head man in my, mo- in my heart. He's the editor-in-chief no. in my heart. Chris, that's that's the nicest thing you've said to start this podcast. 
I love yeah. I love this this we're starting out with love here because I think we're all feeling very good about what's about to uh what's about to happen. I'm just psyched up because it's been like what like a month since I've been banished for my <laughs> bad takes. And now you're finally letting me back in here. Don't don't try to convince the people that we put you on suspension. As much as I would have loved to do that, Chris, that's not what happened. Well, uh, expect <laughs> 2000 words on your desk tomorrow because uh, Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid is going to I'm going to make you edit Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid here soon. <laughs> Ryan Matthews, the rock god, the senior editor at Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore P.O.D. on Twitter. Ryan, buddy, we made it. We made it. We made it. And all three of us made it in tow. You, you you're here. I know. I it's really awesome. miss doing this. I, I hated being away. Absolutely hated it. I was sick, sick to my guts because there's nothing I want to do more than talk about football. Well, I got one cure for that, Chris, and we're going to do it for like the next hour and a half. I know we like to say we're going to do an hour podcast and then we go completely over. <laughs> enough of that podcast opens always begin long. It's a long running joke. We're going to stop doing that and get right into the season preview. Every year we start with our view from above we start with our rant about the lions to be jeremy i hand the sword to you lead the people into battle two three minutes of just pure id right now how are you feeling how are you feeling after this offseason how are you feeling staring 17 games maybe more in the face i I'm feeling like we're about to enter unprecedented waters. I really do. Uh, I I try to be the level-headed one on this podcast. I try to be the guy that sometimes brings brings people down. You know, the wet blanket stuff, all that sort of stuff. Um, some of that is is to I think protect my own feelings, protect my own uh, I don't know predictions. You you all know I love to hedge. I'm not hedging this year. I'm not. I have too much confidence in what this team is building. I have too much confidence in the people running the show. I have too much confidence in this roster. This is going to be a very, very good team. Not just a good team. Not just a team that's going to eke by in a bad division. This is going to be a very good team. And all you have to do is look around and see the national attention that this team is getting, the local attention that... like. Everyone is converging on the Lions and for good reason. There are teams looking at the Lions as an example right now. And yes, they haven't accomplished anything yet. Yes, they won a meaningless game in in Green Bay last season. Yes, going eight and two to finish the season doesn't mean you're going to get a hot start to start the next season. We all thought that was going to happen the year before, right? They finished three and three in 2021. They start one and six the next year. None of none of the success from the past is guaranteed in the future, but it's hard to look at this roster and not think it's gotten better. Not no, not just better. It's gotten significantly better on both sides of the ball and any talk of regression. Yeah, there's going to be a regression in some areas, but I think looking overall at the rest of the roster, there has been so much significant improvement that any sort of regression this team is going to have from the end of last year is going to be overcome with all the gains that they've made this year. And so this is a team that may run away with the division. This is a team that is going to have a home playoff game. This is a team that, yes, I'm going to spoil tomorrow's article on Pride of Detroit. Actually, I think it's Wednesdays. This team is going to win a playoff game this year. And so I am so friggin' ready to get it started. 
Oh, yeah. Football, 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 football. <laughs> I take the sword from Jeremy. I pass it to Ryan. I have to be as optimistic as Jeremy because why wouldn't I be right? Like he just explained, you know, uh, he prefaced his entire set of comments right there with, you know, I'm the person who wet blankets. I'm the person who hedges. I'm the person who, you know, guards my feelings when it comes to the Detroit Lions. And I'm pretty sure Jeremy, like a lot of people listening and and people who are watching and on Twitch and everything, like I'm sure a lot of us have been hurt before in the past. Uh, Let loose. Leave that room open in yourself to be hurt again because it feels so good right now. And I feel like it's going to feel really good all throughout the season. Like, yeah, there might be some lumps along the way, right? Like even good teams win or even good teams lose football games. Maybe they should have won, right? Um, I I think that you can even kind of point to that last season, right? Like the first game against Minnesota. Man, that's a game that the Lions really should have won. Maybe they just weren't quite there yet, right? I think that there might be this perception that the eight and two finish, like Jeremy said, that that's supposed to carry over. You know, the Lions are going to win 13 games, right? They're going to run away with the the division and, and stuff like that. That that's all well and good. And, and if you want to believe in that, I'm not going to take your Kool-Aid from you, right? Go ahead and drink it. I I think from the perspective of this season. I don't think there's room for this Lions team to accept what happened at the beginning of last season to happen again. Like it won't. And it's because they're better. They're just a better football team. They're more insulated at various positions, right? There there is so much depth. There's so much, there there are so many contingency plans in place. Guys, this is a football team that make jokes about it. If you will, we all know I'm the Teddy Bridgewater guy. But if a team goes out and gets a backup quarterback that they know can can be there if 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 things go sideways, right? Like that is a sign of a team who thinks that they are who they are, right? They think that they're going to be a contender and they need to have a contingency plan in all places, right? And I, I guess, you know, I'm I'm so excited for this season because the lions are going to beat the chiefs on Thursday and uh, it's going to shock everybody. It's going to be such a shock to the system for the entire football world. And I, I I don't know if lions fans will ever be as excited as they are Thursday night. Um, But man, like I'm ready for the season because Chris, have you, looked forward to a season quite like this before because I, I it's not recency bias, but like there's just been a process that's been put into place. And, and I guess the last thing I want to say is I'm just so glad that the organization has stuck to the process, right? That they, you know, they, they, they took their lumps in the first season, three football wins, you know, the next season, they take another step forward, right? I think it's going to happen again. And and I'm just really happy that this organization is in the place that it's in right now. Let me take the sword from you and I will answer that. It is the most uh, impressed I've been going into a season, but it's more than just being impressed about the Detroit Lions. It's more than just 
what the Lions were doing in the offseason. It's about opportunity. And right now, you look across the league, you look across the NFC North, you look across the NFC itself, period. You look at the schedule the Lions have been given, and you see one word come to mind, opportunity. Opportunity that there is a space for a team like the Detroit Lions to come forward, and if they are who we think they are, to take advantage of the opportunities that are being afforded to them of a division that is now open for the taking of a conference that is not going to have many strong teams besides probably the Eagles right now. I don't know who comes out of the East. There might be some strong teams there, but the point is you look at the schedule, you look that everything's been thrown to them. And we know Ryan, Jeremy, that the schedule always lies. There's always a new team that jumps up there, but I'm saying for that one team that always takes that massive leap step forward, it's big leap forward. That's the Lions this year. That's the Lions this year. They're the team. They is we. That's who it is. Like everything in my body is screaming that everything from the skeptical side from what they've done, because I can look at two things the Lions have. Number one, they have Ben Johnson. And we've not seen a Ben Johnson offense that has deteriorated yet. It might happen. But Ben Johnson turned down chances to become a head coach, to come back to Detroit. And that offense can will be schematically very impressive. The individual pieces, got to be careful about. You never know. But the point is that you've got that. You've got a star in Amon Ross St. Brown. The defense is still young. But between Aiden Hutchinson and some of the rookie players that they've drafted this year, there's reasons to be optimistic there as well, that, that it, can, it can absolutely be better than last year. It's gotten pushed back because I think the hype has now gotten ahead of himself so much. And you do see some people saying, hold up. The Lions have history to say that this isn't going to work. But I say to that, the history doesn't matter. You don't play your history. You play the team that you put out there right then and there for this season. Everyone's back to zero to start a season. Everything's back to zero. What matters is the right now. And in the right now, in the liminal moment, the Lions are the team that can be fun, exciting, exceed expectations in a division that's open for it, and they don't need to really go that far to hit the mark they need. I think they can get into the playoffs at 10 and seven. And that would be fantastic for every Lions fan out there. And we're going to dig deeper into that. But that is where I feel on the Lions team. You're looking for the team to surprise you this year. It's the Detroit Lions. It's not just the sizzle of the Packers game. It's not just the offseason hype. Real appreciable value is here. That's how we feel about the season. Let's go. Can't wait, man. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> I think, wait. I think, and you know what? I think you're underselling the Lions. I really do. I'm, the, I'm the wet blanket right now. 10 and seven is a one game improvement. A one game improvement. This team is way better. And listen, if we want to get into some of the stuff, the offense, potential regression, I, I see a lot of people in the chat concerned about offensive regression. I get it. Jared Goff is not going to have another 
10, 12, 13 game stretch where he's only going to turn the ball over one or two times. I'm sorry. I was told it was wrong to doubt him, though. It's not even I'm not even trying to doubt <laughs> him. I'm trying to know, say I that know. what he did down the stretch is something that no quarterbacks can sustain. Turnover free play like that. But. This team upgraded. Here's the thing about the offense. They're going to have a run game. And if you have a consistent run game, that opens up a hell of a lot of else. And they upgraded the running backs. They have a, a healthy offensive line as of 4 p.m. this this afternoon. I have, I have to check again because this time of year, everyone, someone seems to get injured around this time. So I'm going to continue to check and not assume that all five are going to be healthy, you know, come Thursday. But that alone gives me so much hope and belief in this offense that, you know, even if people catch up on Ben Johnson, even if, you know, Jared Goff takes a step back, even if Lions wide receiving core isn't as impressive as a lot of people want it to be, they're going to have a run game. And a run game allows you to have more play action and more play action fits exactly into what Jared Goff does well. And so they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay on offense. And by okay, I mean top half of the league. Are they going to be a top eight, top five, whatever? I don't know. But we'll get to it later. Top half of the league is going to be good enough because I think this defense is going to surprise people. Let me go back and let me head back to Ryan. I want to use the rest of this segment before we go to our Chiefs and early season preview. We'll leave more expectations for the third half, third part of this podcast. I want to talk about the players with the most to prove this year because you mentioned Jared Goff, and I think he's got a lot to prove this year. That last year wasn't a fluke, and the Lions have drafted someone like Hennon Hooker who could either be his eternal backup or someone that could eventually take his job at some point depending on how Hendon Hooker progresses. But right now he's the starting quarterback. He's got a lot to prove this year. So Ryan, like we've got players we want who have the most to prove this year. And if you want to talk about your offensive and MV and defensive MVPs, I know we've been putting that out on the website. How are you feeling about key individual players this year? Who is sticking out in your mind that you are going to have the closest eye on this year? As far as individual players go, I, I'm really excited for year three of Penesul. I'm very excited for what that what that man is going to be able to do. <clears throat> and it kind of goes to Jeremy's point. And, you, you know, you talk about the run game and, and what their offense is predicated on. And, you know, they make it a priority to go get David Montgomery. They draft Jameer Gibbs 12th overall. Right. <clears throat> um it all starts up front, though, for this team, and it matters so much that that offensive line, again, as Jeremy just checked, it's still healthy. But if that offensive line stays intact, this team, this team, this offense is going to be a top five offense. If that offensive line stays healthy, it will be a top five offense because, right, Jeremy, if Jared Goff is kept clean. He does he does damage, right? He does serious damage. If those running lanes that got opened up a year ago get opened up for Jameer Gibbs, we're talking six. We're not talking six yards, right? We're talking six points. Okay. If David Montgomery can be the wrecking ball that he can be, forcing missed tackles, you know, extending, extending drives because they are getting 
good chunk plays from the ground game. Again, that all starts up front. And and I think that Panay is just, he's the leader, right? Like th- there, there's veteran leadership, right? There's Taylor Decker. There's Frank Ragnow. There are guys who are pillars of this football team. Panay Sewell is the most talented out of all of them. And he is the guy who is going into his third year. This is the year where it's like, oh, okay, Panay Sewell's an all pro, right? It's not pro bowl. It's not, oh yeah, really nice draft pick for the, no, like this is the year where some of those things, I'm on Ross St. Brown, Chris, I'm sure you want to talk about him, but like, I just mean like, this is the, the third year where, you know, Brad Holmes drafts. Okay. Like they're, they've been percolating and now it's going to start to boil over. And I think Panay Sewell is a guy who offensive line play isn't the sexiest thing to watch, but man, Panay Sewell can make it look that way sometimes. I, I think I want to jump in here really quick because I think you're, you're nailing something here that needs to be underlined. This is now Brad Holmes's team. And those draft picks that he made in the first two years are taking over this team. They're the identity of this team. Whether You mentioned two guys in Sewell and Amon Ross St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, Derek Barnes now taking a starting role in year three. Levi Onzerike is probably headed for a much bigger role than, than most of us expected. This is now Brad Holmes' team. And if you believe in Brad Holmes as a scout and a drafter, well, guess what? You think this team is pretty darn good because every single player this man has drafted is either on the team or on the practice squad or waved injured in, in Jamar Jefferson. It's his team. And we're about to bear the fruits of his labors. Yep. If I'm looking at anyone right now, you bring up Amon Ra St. Brown. I think he has a legitimate shot this year to take that step to be a number one. And I know that's crazy talking about a guy who's usually playing from a slot. But what has shown you at all that Amon Ra St. Brown's talent has a ceiling that is that he's anywhere close to right now? I think that even still, St. Brown continues to get better and better. People want to wait for Jamison Williams. That's fine. But St. Brown is here right now, and he's contributing right now, and he works well with Jared Goff right now. That's what you're going to get in St. Brown. Meanwhile, on the defense, I put down, I think, Brian Branch as my rookie of the year, and I almost want to change it now because I haven't shown him enough love of what he's doing. But if you want to talk about who's going to show the most impact on his defense throughout this season, not named Aiden Hutchinson, who is still my defensive MVP pick because Aiden Hutchinson is fantastic. But the pick of Jack Campbell and what he's shown in preseason, and hopefully that continues and eventually takes the crown from Alex Anzalone at some point. But it does cement something for the Lions defense that I can't tell you we've had in over 10 years. Linebacker play. Maybe that's the key. Put that up with some put Lions have always done well in the defensive backs. Up front in the front seven. Lions want to improve there and they're showing the pieces where they can improve there. That leads to a more well-rounded defense. We have to see what how Aaron Glenn does with his schemes, but it makes me excited in that regard, too. 
And if, if and if we're talking about players with something to prove, go right back to a year three guy under this regime, Lee McNeil. Mm-hmm. They're going to rely a lot on this guy again. And I mean, all the offseason reports is, oh, I mean, he's he's slimmed down. He's changed his body type. He's going to be much more of a pass rusher. He's going to be that game disruptor that we all thought he's going to reach levels that, that put him on like the Dexter Lawrence tier of players. Got to see it. We got to see it because there's a lot of other stuff happening around him that's created a little bit of drama. And we'll get to that next segment. But I think there's a lot of pressure on Ali McNeil's shoulders because while you're right, the linebacker play is improved. The secondary is improved. The edges look really good. The interior is still very much a question. And if Aleem doesn't take the year three jump that we've been predicting for the last two years now, that might be the one part where you're like, this team can't stop the run again. There could be a quick house of cards falling, but I'm not predicting it. I like Aleem. We'll I think get, he's going to be. We'll get to that in some further predictions. But right now, we're going to move on and talk about the Chiefs. But we're going to talk about something spicy first. Isn't that Ryan? Isn't that right, Ryan? Does it rhyme with beat? Yes. It also rhymes the murky. <laughs> what is it, Jer- What is it, Ryan? Uh, it, it's, it's meat jerky. Thank you. Meat jerky. Yes. I, I got to tell you, I was at I've been at work a lot. As, as some people might know, it's why I've missed this podcast at my other job. And I realized the other day when I went into work, I didn't have my bags of righteous felon with me. I'm like, ah. And I bought some other jerky from a gas station. Teriyaki. And let me tell you, the entire time I was chewing on it, I was like, I really need my righteous felon back. I really need my righteous felon beef jerky, because once again, righteous felon beef jerky and meat products are sponsoring the pride of Detroit POD cast. And we're not just saying that because they're giving us money. We're telling you that this is stuff we swear by ourselves. Ryan keeps pounding on their door saying, where's the foul Capone? Where's the foul Capone? And I just say to Ryan, you got to be patient, but also how'd you get all the way over to Westchester, Pennsylvania, where Righteous Felon is based and then get back to to Clark Clarkston, uh, Clarkson, uh, Michigan the next day. And you know very what carefully. Ryan told me? Yes, very carefully. <laughs> Righteous Felon meat jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. And, you know, they're loading up on it before this season. Each two ounce bag of jerky, 16 to 20 grams of protein. Each meat stick has what, Ryan? Eight grams of protein. That's a lot of protein. And there's a lot. It is. You can do a lot of things with that protein. You could be like a Chiefs fan and rob a bank. You probably shouldn't. But you know what? If it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. And I'm letting you know right now, great flavors, great packaging, great price. I paid more at the at the store for that beef jerky than I actually did Righteous Felon. I had one person complaining to me about like the felon, the price at Righteous Felon, and I'm like, it's still cheaper than Jack Link's, and we're going to make it even more cheap for you. You want to know why? Because we have a promo code for you, and you need to hurry on this because it's running out. We have POD20 that you can use at checkout at RighteousFelon.com. Gets you 20% off your order, but they've told us that's only good until the end, until the NFL season kicks off. So once Thursday gets here, poof, 
You go back down to 15%. We have another promo code for you then, POD15. If you want that extra juicy 5%, you got to do it right now. You only have a few days left. Promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com. Go get yourself some meat. And you will be right back in the Pride of Detroit POD cast with us to talk about the Lions and the Chiefs. Football. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Pride to Detroit POD cast as we get closer and closer to the season. It's only a few days away. Oh, my God. And now I'm trying to hold back my throat that I just burned it out doing that. Um, Where are we? Let's talk about the Chiefs. Let's talk about the Chiefs game that's coming up here. We have a full first bite coming for you. Probably not long after this podcast, if we're being honest. But we want to use this segment to talk about the Chiefs game. And to talk about the first four games of the season, that first quarter of the season, as it were. And this is a big point for the Detroit Lions. The last two seasons, they have had a combined one win in their first 16. I, I want to make triple check on that. It might be a second game. I'm, I'm Jeremy. Stop looking at me like that because I don't know if I'm off. Well, they went right. they went one and six. They went 0 oh, 10 and one to start the season. Yes. That's yeah, the important. Yeah. So facts. that's a the lot of bad football at the beginning of the season. There was a lot. There's been a lot of bad football to start the year, and there's been reasons for it, valid reasons for it. But if we're talking about playoffs this year, you have to get off to a good start. And yet, I also agree with something Jeremy said during the break. You shouldn't panic if this team also starts zero and two. 
It would be nice, though, to get off to a very good start. And and you've got some very big obstacles in your way to get off to that good start. And one of them is the Kansas City Chiefs, who they might have some, some subtractions. Chris Jones is still holding out. Injuries include Kadarius Toney, who I'm pretty sure is the top is going to be a top receiving option this year for Patrick Mahomes. Now, Patrick Mahomes can get out to whoever he likes, but Kadarius Toney, even though I know people bag on him because of the New York Giants, still a decent wide receiver for him there. Kadarius Toney might play. He might play limited. I don't know. It's always hard when it's only a four game, four days before a game, Jeremy. How does this game look for Detroit going into a night that is going to be a very big night for the Chiefs? A lot of emotions coming around, getting their Super Bowl ring. We've seen it backfire on teams before. What are the Lions looking at here? I mean, it's it's you still have to treat this team like they're the best team in the league, right? <clears throat> they're, they are until they, they're they proven that they're not. And so if they're the best team in the league, well, that's one hell of a litmus test for your Detroit Lions. And <clears throat> to go into their environment on like you said an emotional night in front of a a national audience like yeah it's it's as hard of a first test as you can get and so it's why i kind of reject the notion that this team has to get off to a hot start um they have to if they want to avoid fans being fans and saying oh my god of course we we got hyped up about this team and they started you know one and two or they started one and three which i mean all that is really possible the the beginning of this this season, you mentioned the first four games, all four of those teams might be playoff teams, right? You got the Lions, you got the Seahawks, you got the Falcons, you got the Packers. Now, the Falcons and the Packers are, are certainly a step down from those first two, but I think that both those teams are thinking they could win their division. They could sneak into the wild card. So these are two, a, a quartet of, of decent teams that if, if the Lions come out one in three, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think it's going to happen. I think two and two is probably a minimum of what they're going to finish out these, these four, four games, but I'm not going to panic either way because you look down the rest of the stretch, you look at how this team has persevered after slow starts. I don't think they're going to get phased by it. I don't think they're going to get phased if they lose to Kansas city. I don't think they're going to get phased if they lose to Seattle. This team went from one and six to eight and two, nothing is going to get in their way of seeing the larger goal in mind here. And so, yeah, I mean, what what can you say about Kansas City that 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 you guys don't know already? It's it's Patrick Mahomes' team. The defense is kind of okay. It's going to be missing the biggest piece of it in, in Chris Jones, and so that's going to give the Lions a fighting chance because we because I just got done hyping up this team. I think this is going to be one of the best teams in the NFL too. So I think Thursday night's going to be a behemoth game where it's going to probably come down to the very end, and games that come down to the very end are toss-ups. And so I think this is going to be a toss-up. If the Lions win it, people are going to go nuts. The Lions lose. People are probably going to go nuts too. In in a bad way, they're going to say moral victory this and moral victory that and same old Lions, but keep the larger picture in mind. This is a very long season. This is just the very very exciting beginning of it. Yeah, I think that it's always tough to play a team like the Chiefs. Because this is a defense that is still young. It's still going to be figuring things out. I think this year, especially, they will figure things out. But that is one hell of a bastard to try to nail down on night one. On on a short week in your cycle, in your rotation. Now, it is week one, obviously. So it's not like you're going middle of the week for a Thursday night game. 
But I think that the Chiefs have proven that they are the best team in the league and they will continue to be the best team in the league. Now, one of the interesting stories for the Detroit Lions going into this game was the sudden, I don't want to call it a benching, but Isaiah Bugs is going to probably start on the inactives. And he revealed this uh, on Monday himself that he won't be playing versus the Chiefs. And I guess he did describe it pretty much as a benching. So, Jeremy, I want to kick it back to you in this regard. What do we take away from the Isaiah Bugs social media? Is he a factor for this team? Certainly not in this game, but I, I guess I should add this is fueling, I think, some early season panic for certain Lions fans. And I just want to hear what you have to say in that regard. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. It's surprising, no doubt about it. Um, Benito Jones did outplay him, though. Benito Jones won the job. He was starting to rep ahead of him at the end of training camp. A lot of people noticed Benito Jones in the preseason game. He was very good in the preseason games. Um, But I didn't see that coming. Like, I, we've heard Dan Campbell talk about Isaiah Bugs in a way that is like, he is a key piece of what we do. He's one of the first free agent re-signings that they did in free agency. They signed him not to a one-year deal, to a two-year deal because they said he was that key to what they do. And so for the Lions to come around and and tell him, you know, over the weekend, hey, you're not, not only have you lost your starting job, you're not even going to play in our season opener against the, the, the Super Bowl champs. Like, yeah, that's pretty surprising. That's pretty interesting. And it's not a surprise to me that Bugs was upset about it. Like there's, he can say, you know, he's going to be a team player. You can, he can say, I'm, I'm going to use this as motivation and I'm going to come back even harder. And maybe all those things are true, but it, it was also very clear. He was upset about the situation, right? He, he went to Twitter first, which is never really a, a great place as a professional athlete to express your emotions um, or any, or any, or anything on, you should never express anything on Twitter, to be honest. Probably true. Um, And, and, I think you also have to question him even revealing this news to the media, right? I, I can't imagine the coaching staff is thrilled about him doing that. Not not that this regime is as obsessed with competitive advantages as a previous regime, but I have to imagine they probably would have preferred to keep that in-house, not to give Kansas City on a platter saying like, hey, Benito Jones is going to start. We're not even going to play Bugs, so don't bother watching any Bugs tape. Um so, like, there is there is a little bit of a rift, I sense, from there um, between Bugs and the coaching staff, which is not exactly the the news you want, um, you know, days before kickoff. But in, in the grand scheme of things, like, on the field impact, Benito Jones and Isaiah Bugs aren't game-changing players, right? They're, they're nose tackles, they're run stuffers. It's not a sexy position. There aren't a ton of people who are absolutely elite at it, so it's not it's maybe not as big of a loss as some Lions fans are making it out to be. Um, but also like the Lions could prove to upgrade beyond Benito Jones, beyond Isaiah Bugs. And so I think maybe that's something they look to do down the road because you have to wonder if Isaiah Bugs is really part of this team's future. The way his contract is stru- structured, like you don't have to exercise that second year at all. You can get rid of him and, and you'll be fine in terms of cap space. He's not taking up that much cap anyways. Um, so it's 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 a weird kind of development here not completely surprising but um just a little bit of weird drama before we get to week one i guess the the surprising part of the news to me was if you again we talked about this in the first segment you 
the the interior of the Lions defensive line is the one area of concern, right? Like you're worried about the depth that's at that position beyond Aline McNeil. And, you know, rewind the clocks back a week, Jeremy. And I know that you were somebody who tossed out after roster trim down to be like, hey, man, don't be surprised if Broderick Martin is somebody who's a game day inactive just because, you know, he, he's kind of being brought along slowly. And there's this developmental learning curve that's going on there with Broderick as well. <laughs> Fast forward a week and hey, maybe Martin makes the game day actives, right? And and yeah. and and Bugs doesn't, right? That that's the surprising part to me is that the Lions feel good enough and confident enough in what they saw in Benito, obviously, to to take that spot. But it's not surprising in the fact, too, as well, that Bugs was a guy who signed late in camp last season, right? He's a former six-round pick who, I mean, he had an okay season last year. He really he turned it on, you know, in the second half, had that breakout performance uh, against Minnesota. And yep. I think that endeared him to so many people that they just said, oh, yeah, the Lions have their guy. Like you said, Jeremy, they make it a high priority to, to re-sign him immediately. So I think maybe that's the surprising part of it. But again, I mean, this isn't a guy who they drafted with a second round pick, right? Or they spent a ton of money on. Yeah. The the only thing I want to add really quick is I know Dave Burkett talked to Bugs a little bit after the the media scrum and Bugs suggested that maybe because he missed out on some mini camp, some voluntary workouts, maybe that put him in the doghouse. I have to say, I don't buy that. That to me seems like Bugs being a little sour grapes here. Because he's suggesting that this Lions franchise and everything we know about this Lions franchise is like, hey, take care of yourself. He's suggesting that because Bugs tended to his family, a newborn son or daughter, I'm not sure which one. He, he thinks because he prioritized that over offseason workouts that he got put in the doghouse. That that does not scream to me what this regime, what this culture is all about. So that that would surprise me. But. I don't know. He, to be fair, Bugs was speculating. Bugs was saying like, yeah, I think maybe that did impact my standing with the team. I just, I don't buy that. And maybe that's just me being overly lenient for this regime that, that I have grown to love and trust and think that they typically do the right things. But to me, that also shows a little bit of extra level of frustration with Bugs right now is that he's willing to think that the Lions would do him dirty like that. Yeah, I'm not sure what completely to take from that. That would be I would say that would be out of character from the Lions regime that we have seen so far that has that has given time to other guys before. Like, I'm not sure really what to make of that at the end of the day, but just a small side story as we get kind of into the season right now, though. I almost want to say something about the injury report, but I know I'm going to jinx it if I do. Right now, the Lions, let's say the Lions entering the start of the standard season look fairly healthy, Jeremy. Yeah. Nothing we really need to report on right now besides the suspension of Jamison Williams that will not get lifted no matter how many times people try type Detroit versus everybody. Other than that, looks like all hands on deck for this Chiefs game. Yeah, just Emmanuel Mosley is, is the one question mark there. And I think, you know, he's limited in practice on, on Monday. And I think the expectation for most people was he just came off the pup list. So probably I would guess inactive this first game, um, but maybe not. I mean, Dan Campbell's also said, like, he's so mentally locked in that he could 
you know, if if the physical gets gets up to speed in a, in a hurry, he could be out there. I, I don't expect him to start if he's active against the Chiefs, but um, my guess would be maybe Seattle is a more likely debut for him. Ryan, let me uh, turn the question over to you and turn back to us talking about the first quarter of the season. And in case people need a refresher on that, on the schedule that goes at Chiefs, Seattle, Atlanta, at Green Bay on a Thursday night football game. And we understand that there is some trepidation about those first two games, not as much about the bit. But to cap off that first quarter comes with Green Bay. And I guess I should ask you about how you feel about competition in the NFC North in this first quarter of the season and as the season wears on. I think that people on a macro level still value the Vikings more than they probably should. And I don't think they value the the Packers as much as they should. But I think a lot of what I talked about and what I still believe is that there isn't a ton of competition that can keep up with the Detroit Lions in the NFC North. But if there is one team that can stumble them up, it would be the Green Bay Packers. Now, a lot of that is dependent upon Jordan Love. But I do think that they have a legitimate weapon in Christian Watson. and They do have a decent defense to put on the field along with it. So. I guess my question comes to be is how much do you think the rest of this division will, will pressure the lions in this for, in these first four games? Yeah. I mean, if you take stock after, after four games at, at the quarter pole, like I, I think that again, like Jeremy said, you, you want to be patient, right? You can't overreact to, to how necessarily those first four games play out, but um. The Packers game will be a good litmus test for for the Lions in the sense that it lets you know where you where you are in in your own division. Right. And I think that that's important to to get figured out early on. Um, to be honest, I think it's it, it's really just the Packers. Right. I, I think the only real threat that I feel to the Lions. Winning this division are the green Bay Packers. And, and we talked about their defense for a little bit, but, and, and I'm not trying to be reductive with football conversation, but a lot of the division questions boil down to, is this quarterback going to take a step? Is Jordan love going to take a step? Is Justin Fields going to take a step, you know, um, with the Vikings? I, 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 the, mo- the more I get into the season mode, I feel like the Vikings are going to be that last place team though. Like I, I think I'm, I'm there with Jeremy just because really, no, you have the, you have the bears over them. Yeah, I do have the bears over them. Cause I'm a bears fan bear down. Um, but Jesus. all right. All right. Well, we're going to be two man for the rest of the season, but continue yeah. Ryan. No, I, just, I don't know. Just to put a bow on, I think after those four games, you know, especially with, you know, three of them are in conference too, right? You know, you, you get three NFC teams, Good measuring sticks, though, all four games. So, I again, back to Jeremy's point, I feel like you can't be too concerned with the record necessarily, but like you want to see. I think the Lions, you're not going to get a lot of Dolphins games. Remember the Dolphins game from last year where it's like, oh, yeah, shoot out in the first half. Lions are and then boom, second half. Absolutely toast. Didn't stand a chance, got boat raced. Right. I, I think. 
I think even those games kind of fall by the wayside. So I, I just mean, I think the Lions are going to play more complete football games. And I think that that's going to start earlier. As long as I'm seeing like wire to wire games where they're competitive. I'm not going to be super frustrated if they're one and three. One one thing to kind of keep in mind that's interesting about the schedule, too, is that Packers game. That's the only division game for the next seven months. This yeah. team is going to go 10 games with one division game. And so for as much that can happen in those first four weeks, those first six weeks, those first eight weeks, the division is going to be decided in November and beyond. And I always like to reiterate this. Teams change in the middle of the season. Teams get better or they get worse in the middle of the season. And the one thing we've seen from the Lions, like everyone talks about the the, the bad finishes or the bad starts to these Lions seasons. How about the adjustments they make in the middle of the season? How about getting better and playing your best football in November and December over the past two years? That's going to be so important if they can continue that trend because the all that back schedule is, I mean, you got the Vikings two out of the last three weeks of the season. If they're hitting their stride, then that's going to be really, really good news for this team. Yeah, I think so. Let's take another break and we come back. We move on to expectations and the thing we usually do for I'm stealing this from first bite, the things we think we know. Uh, what we're most unclear on, what we're most confident about going into the season the biggest stumbling blocks we could see for the Lions in the season, final thoughts, wrapping up and getting some Chiefs predictions in. That's all next on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right to Detroit POD cast. We're back to three segments. I'm back. That one probably isn't as much of an improvement, but uh, hey, you're not going to get rid of me. Now we move into the final part of our season prediction. It's so close. It's getting closer and closer. And I want to talk about things we think we know, what we're most unclear about with the Detroit Lions and what we're most confident about with the Detroit Lions. Jeremy, I want to start with you. The thing you are most unclear about this team is what? The thing I'm most <clears throat> unclear about this team is the pass offense. Um, and it's not a condemnation of Jared Goff. It's more, where is this wide receiver group? Can Ben Johnson continue to scheme these guys open? Can this passing offense continue to avoid negative plays in the way it did at the end of last season, which was a huge help in what they did. And so while I think the run game is going to continue to be better and good, <clears throat> will they be able to complement that with a passing game? Because I look at the roster that they have now 
And I see a lot of guys that can test in the intermediate to short range. I'm still have questions about their deep ball. And if they can't keep defenses honest by not having a threatening deep receiver and, and yeah, maybe Khalif is that guy, but also Khalif is limited in what he can do. If there's a guy within five yards of him because he's five, eight, <clears throat> well then how are teams going to react? You, you get these new weapons that are really exciting and fun in Jameer Gibbs and Sam Laporta. But again, those are short to intermediate guys and you can still create explosion and plays that way. And, and the lines will because they're, they're built that way. But again, you need to have a little bit of diversity in your ability to make defenses stay honest. And I'm, I'm curious how they're going to do that this year. I Ryan, think the thing, oh yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was just going to pitch the question to you. So go on. Sure. Yeah. I, I think the thing that I'm most unsure of is, as some people have also identified in chat. Uh, and I think Jeremy would, would probably agree with this as well too. the run defense, right? Like, is that going to be something that the Lions can week to week put up? Not necessarily performances like they did against the Giants, right? Like there are a lot of those performances over that 10 game stretch where they they looked like a run defense that wasn't going to let anybody run on them whatsoever. And then Christmas Eve happened, right? So it didn't. It, it wasn't like the Lions just, oh, they turned a corner and we don't got to worry about that anymore. I think that that's still... A concern. Maybe I think part of that too um just still lies with hey, the Lions got some of the players that they wanted to get in free agency, right? They go out and they're aggressive in getting Cam Sutton. They draft Brian Branch. I think that some of those guys in the secondary, as far as the mobile quarterback question goes, like that's still a yep. It's still a concern for me, and and I think that's going to remain a concern for as long as Aaron Glenn wants to run man defense, right? Like there's there's just something there, there's something about that defense that leaves the quarterback kind of unaccounted for at times, and and we know that this regime and and the coaching staff and Kelvin Shepard, all these guys, they're like, yeah, spying a guy, it's just not going to work for us, and it's like, okay, well something's got to work, right? So. So hopefully they get that figured out. But those are the two things um, that that I'm most unsure of is like, how are they going to be able to handle mobile quarterbacks? And, you know, you get Patrick Mahomes who yeah can move around, right? You get Geno Smith. Hey, the Lions, Lions showed that he can move around on them, right? Um, and you got some Justin other guys. Fields. Yeah. Mar Jackson. Desmond Ritter can run it's, around. It's like, the way the whole league is going. Yeah. 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 So... Those are the things I'm most unsure of, Chris. I think the thing I'm most unsure about, and I say this understanding that we've already been hyped up quite well on Brian Branch and Jack Campbell, and I have a lot of good things to say about them. But there are still a lot of key contributors that are expected from rookie players. And I'm even and I'm going to go ahead and include Sam Laporta uh, in this as well and Jameer Gibbs. The Lions want to be a run heavy team and they're doing it with a quarterback. I mean, with a running back, excuse me, that is a rookie that we know very little about that has played decently so far. But I've not seen anything out of him that is going to make me say like, yeah, I know who Jameer Gibbs is right now. It's a lot of putting some mark to market on guys that just haven't seen live full speed NFL snaps before. 
Some guys will do better than others, but I still think it is a huge risk. And it's kind of the biggest risk I've had for the Detroit Lions on this roster that, you know, you want to take the division, you want to go to the playoffs. You've got rookies in several key positions on both offense and defense that they don't need to start the season with a ton of contributions. But at some point, some very sooner than others, you do need big contributions from them especially Laporta and Gibbs. Like those are two guys that we've heard up and down about how the lions want to, you know, they want to run a tight end out there. They want to get tight end receiving and run blocking. They want to be a run heavy team. And that means Jameer Gibbs, the premier back over someone like David Montgomery. And they've, they've worked themselves towards that, but that still needs to be proven. And it's a hard, it's a hard thing to prove. Um, Things we're most confident about, however. Jeremy, what do you you know that you think you think you think you know more than anything else on this team right now? I've been saying it all offseason, man. Y'all are sleeping on the the Lions defense this year. This isn't going to be a bottom five unit. This isn't going to be an average unit. This is going to be a good unit. Potentially top 10 unit. Now, I'm with you that there are some questions about their run defense. But you improved your linebacking course. Who should help there? You get a couple of reinforcements on the inside of your defensive line that maybe you weren't expecting in a guy like Levi. <clears throat> Benito Jones clearly looks better than he did last year because he won the starting job. And you have an array of edge defenders. If this team can get into third and longs consistently, they are going to terrorize teams. Terrorize teams. Abs- like, you have... Guys who can rush the passer, you can put four guys who can rush the passer out there and you can rotate those four because you have six or seven of them that can rush the passer. That's going to bring pressure on. And then you've got a back end of ball hawks of guys who are going to catch the ball, knock the ball away, jar the ball loose dogs back there. And so this team was 27th in passes defended last year. They were 20th in sacks allowed. They were 20 sacks given and 20th and interceptions. Every single one of those metrics, I'm certain, are going to go up. Disruption numbers are going to go up, which means you're going to afford the Lions offense more opportunities, which means this is going to be a much more balanced team, which means they are going to be a dangerous team. This defense, y'all are sleeping on it, man. I'm telling you. Man, I, wow, I would love to go all the way. If the Lions have a top 10, or at least knocking on the door of having a top 10 defense, I, I don't know what the ceiling is for this team. I truly don't. Because what I'm going to say is the thing that uh, I think I know that I think I know, Chris, uh, about this Lions football team is that their offense is just going to be humming. It's going to be going. It's going to be moving. It's going to be scoring points. It's going to be, you know, the uh, running backs. That's, are, are those FedEx? UPS awards they win? I forget what yeah, it is. The Aaron Ground Player of the Week? The Aaron Ground Players of the Week. Yeah, I... Hey, I think there's going to be a lot of that in in Jared Goff's future. And, and I think that, I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Like, so Chris touched on it earlier and it's just like, yeah, like he, he did play in the slot a lot as a rookie, but he played in it less his second year. And now going into this third year, sure. Like that's where that guy's going to be working. But like Ben Johnson's going to move him around. It's going to move him around. He's going to get people open. We talked about this, Jeremy. Like, maybe this isn't a team that can necessarily stretch vertically in the way that you would hope. 
you know, a year ago when they drafted Jameson Williams, you would think, all right, well, the Lions have a deep field stretcher that they can put out there and things are going to be great. I still think that Ben Johnson can work those 50 yards sideline to sideline. Like, you know, a few other people have and sure, you know, tape is out there, but there was tape from the second half of 2021. You know, there was tape from all of last year. Lines were still running hook and ladder plays against Green Bay in week 18. Like, and that's something you mentioned too, Jeremy, like trickery, man. Like that's going to keep the offense on the field at times, special team stuff, whatever. I, fourth down. Like, I just think that Big this. Punts. Right. Yeah. I just think that when you look at this offense, I think that there are so many. I guess to your point about the defense, like there's so many weapons, I think that are playmakers, right? Bonafide playmakers that they can, they can score points. I'm going to say that they're a top five offense. All right. So let's smush together our predictions. Top five, hold offense, on, hold top on. 10 defense. <laughs> this seems unstoppable. Chris has a special teams ranking that he wants to give. <laughs> no. Well, I, with that, with St. Brown off the board, I guess I'm going to go here, but I, I do feel confident about it. And I think, I think, I think I know this very, very, very well. There is not going to be a game that Dan Dan Campbell is going to be unprepared for. This man is probably one of the better coaches in the NFL at this point. That's hard to see, considering that when we think about the the modern NFL coach, we think about a guy who is a schematic genius in regards. Like Andy Reid, great, great offensive coach. Kyle Shanahan, great offensive coach. This, that, and the other thing. There's a lot of great offense, young offensive minds out there. But you want to talk about a guy who understands the stakes of what every game is going to be, can empathize with his players incredibly well, and can make sure they're not th- that maybe that you're going to get like if they get caught on one game, that'll be the last game they get caught flat footed for in a given year. And I'm not saying this being a fan and I'm not saying this being a hype master. I'm saying this using my full football IQ brain here. Dan Campbell understands how to put a team ready uh, to put the team together and get them ready for game time to get them motivated properly, to put them out on that field. And they might get outclassed in a game, but they're never going to get caught sleeping. And that's that's like that is a skill that is a incredible skill out there. And what coach of the year? I think he is like if the Lions make the playoffs. Yes. If the Lions make the playoffs and we all think they're going to make the playoffs, if they win the NFC North. Who's who's stopping him? Like, I know there's some like I not not Sean Payton. Get that. Get that out of your heads. Yeah. Like. But that 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 man is more than just memes at the end of the day. I think we had I forget if we had this conversation on air, but that Packers game last year, we talked about it. I, I think I was telling with someone. You can you can pine for Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell isn't winning that game. He never won big games. He never won. I mean, that's the I, I know thing. that's not an analytic thing, but yes, like. That is a skill to get your guys ready for a game that where everything's on the effing line. I think people forget about that eight and two finish that the Lions took down 
a Packers team twice that if they win either of those games, they make the playoffs. They took down a Jaguars team that won a playoff game. They took down a Giants team. Not just team took that them won. down. Not yeah. just took down the Jags. Like and the Giants. Yeah. Dominated both the Jags and the Giants. Playoff winning teams. The one thing about Caldwell is he would never win big games. He would never win games against teams with winning records, never win against teams that made the playoffs. Well, that was Matthew Stafford's fault too, though, right? That's true. It was his his record against teams with winning percentage. I I don't understand how you don't look at Dan Campbell and see what he does day in and day out and don't see that as a skill to manage that roster and to keep men motivated and and to keep all the pieces turning. And that's what I know. That's what I am most confident in is like the Lions are not going to get caught flat footed very often because Dan Campbell is the coach. And that is a plus for the Detroit Lions. And I don't remember last time we've been able to say this coach is a plus for the Detroit Lions. Not even with Wayne Fonts. Ever. <laughs> they have to go back to Buddy Parker, who's going in the Hall of Fame as a legacy entry. <laughs> Final thoughts, the season, the Chiefs game, anything, Jeremy. I just can't wait, man. From from the beginning of this podcast to the end of this podcast, I'm sure you guys have felt my energy because I, I listen, I haven't been covering this team forever, but I've been a fan of it for my entire life. And I just, I can't remember a time I was this excited about the team. And I, I just, I don't know. Like I, you you guys know me by now. You know I like to draw back on the optimism. You know I like to sometimes just pull, like protect myself whatever whatever you want to call it. I'm believe I'm like I am so in on this team, so bought in that I'm like I normally if I was this bought in on a team, my immediate thought would be I'm scared. I'm not scared. I'm in on this team because I have so like I can't you can never say a hundred percent faith in this team in this league in anything in the NFL because things happen. But I am so in on this team that I'm not second guessing myself at all. This is gonna be an amazing year. Ryan. Bart Scott, can't wait. Just like Jeremy can't said, man. wait. Like it's just time. You know what I mean? It feels like it's been I I guess the only thing is this feels like the culmination of to Jeremy's point, like I've been a fan of this football team for so long and it's not just, Oh, this is the, the culmination of all the good things that this regime has done to put this football team in the place where they are getting all this national media attention. And they are one of the most hyped teams and Dan Campbell's by far and away the favorite to win coach of the year. And you have all this exciting stuff going on with this football team, but like this feels like a way to like right all of the wrongs from, you know, two and a half years of me wanting to scrub my eyes out for the Patricia era and just being the, not even the bridesmaid, like, I don't know, one of the old high school friends that you don't really like, but you feel like compelled to just invite them to your wedding like that was the Jim Caldwell era, right? Like it wasn't even, you weren't even coming in second place, right? Like you were just like, you were going to come up short. <laughs> it just feels like all of this stuff is going to come to a head. And it feels like this is the culmination of just going through so much with this football team that, man, I'm excited in a way that I haven't been excited 
this team was, I mean, remember where we were at the end of last season, how dangerous we thought that team was. Like if they had just somehow slipped into the playoffs, uh, somehow gotten in, they would have won games. And so how can, look at this, how can you look at this team right now and be like, now they're going to take a step back. My prediction for the chiefs pain. My prediction for the season hype. It's been a long road. Uh, as people know, I am not a Detroit Lions fan, apparently, un- unlike Ryan and Jeremy and Ryan. That's that's a joke. That's a terrible joke. No, I've been a fan for a very long time as everyone else. I guess we have to put the fan accolades on the table. But even if I put my fandom to the side, which I try to do whenever I have to approach a microphone. I don't understand how you can't be excited to watch this team this year. I don't understand if you're if you're if your pulse is still level, then you are probably dead. Nothing else is going to get you excited except for this year. And maybe you might get hurt. Who knows? We've seen seasons derail before. But I think it's fine to be like, okay, let's let's have some fun this year. Let's do it. We'll be back here soon with first bite we'll see you guys after the game after lions victory hopefully undoubtedly and we'll be with you all season as the sun folds for myself chris perfett for jeremy reisman for ryan matthews it's gonna be back on this podcast we will see you star side Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.